Psalms 27 tonight. You turn on the news for any amount of time, you realize that there's no shortage of bad news. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a sin sick world that's that is ever the more growing sicker. And uh, it's important that you understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against spiritual wickedness in high places and all of those things, you have to understand that the enemy is not Russia. <laughs> the enemy isn't Russia. You have to understand. Here, here, here's, here's where we have to really just kind of focus in and get real. Uh, the enemy tonight is the devil. And the devil isn't worried about uh, Ukraine. The devil isn't worried about America. The devil, you know what the devil wants to attack? You. That's the devil wants to attack you. You are, listen, listen, uh, we're not worried about nuclear war tonight. You want to know why? Because the devil, he's worried about you. You understand? You are the end goal. Do you understand how this thing wraps up is the devil is at odds with Jesus Christ. You understand that? The, the, all of the turmoil in the world today is not because of trying to establish the former Soviet Union. The turmoil in the world tonight is not because uh, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, restrictions and, and, and mandates and the loss of freedom and so-and-so is in the White House and so-and-so is in Congress. That's not the, that's not the reason there's conflict. There's reason, the conflict, the reason for the conflict tonight is that the devil is at war with Jesus Christ and you are a part of Jesus Christ. You understand that tonight? And so I'm just telling you, if all you do is listen to the news, you're going to miss what's really going on. You understand that when we get out of here, the whole world, is going to be underneath a one world government. There's going, to be, there's going to be the ability of the Antichrist that if you do not take their mark, and that's not the vaccine, okay? You will not be able to buy and sell. That was what we would call a digital currency. So whoever it is you're listening to or what you're watching, it's a smokescreen. And as pastor preached this morning, you are on the precipice of eternity, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. We are, listen, we are on the precipice of what they've been preaching about for 2,000 years. You're about to be the beneficiaries of seeing the Lord Jesus Christ appear in the clouds and say, come up hither. You're on the precipice of that tonight. So you say, what are you trying to preach tonight? I want to give you some good news tonight. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want you to throw just a moment tonight, if we could, just for a moment. Forget about what the, the, the headline of the day is tonight. And whatever it is you saw when you opened up your whatever app when you got out of church this morning. And the great service that we had seemed to be stifled. The moment you saw what it is you saw. Could you forget it for just a few moments? 
And could we hone in on some things that are actually true? Psalms chapter number 27. Let's just go ahead and read the whole thing. And the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. (laughs) The Lord is the strength of my life. Amen. (laughs) Of whom shall I be afraid? Are you afraid tonight? Why? Why? When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. You think, you think, you think the, the, the power is with Putin's finger on a red button? I'm sorry, you're mistaken. Amen? Amen. You're mistaken tonight. <laughs> Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Here's a, applicable. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord, he will take me up. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Because the path that they're showing you right now, guess what? It's movable. You ever read that? You ever read that in Proverbs when it talks about that strange woman who represents the the, the wickedness of this world? It says what? Her ways are movable. He says, lead me in a plain path here. Why? Because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over, uh, over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Here's what I want to show you tonight. I had fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for letting us be in church tonight. Father, my heart is heavy tonight. Father, you've been so good to me. Father, time would exhaust tonight if all we did was try to testify of the goodness that you've bestowed on us in our lives. God, we have nothing to fear tonight. Father, for we're under your wings as was sung in the songs here before I came up here. Father, your, your grace and your mercy is just as sufficient today as it was the first day you stepped foot on this planet, Father, when you said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. God, I ask you to help us now in this hour as we open up this passage. Father, I pray you'd give us the liberty to preach. Father, I pray you'd wash me and hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would be only to the use of edifying these people here tonight. Father, I pray that maybe somebody here tonight would get some help. God, we're here to eat, and and the only way we eat is from the, the bread of the Word of God. And so I pray you'd break it for us tonight. We love you now, and we pray you'd bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
As we just read here in this psalm, and what a great psalm it is. I believe psalms are medicinal, just like the Bible is medicinal. I told the kids this morning uh, up in teen class that, you know, uh, just like sometimes if you were to have a headache, you wouldn't take an uh, antibiotic to solve a headache. You'd take an ibuprofen or an Excedrin or something like that. And if you had a, uh, you know, if you had a cold, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to chemo for a cold, amen? Maybe you'd take some Mucinex or something like that. So sometimes, because of the symptoms in which we're facing in whatever moment it is, we also have to understand that the Word of God has exactly what we need for when it is that we need it. And uh, sometimes in moments of distress, and, and, and let me tell you something, folks, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, the, the things that you're experiencing, the things that you're seeing here tonight is not much different than what they've seen in times past. Although there is more, I would say that there's much more demonic pressure now than there has been in times past. Now, I do believe tonight that, uh, that, that the trick of the devil is to get you worrying about everything on this earth. And guess what? You don't have to, we're not to set our affections on this earth. We're supposed to set our affections on things above. And uh, he says here in verse number 13, he says, I had fainted. And that is exactly what the devil wants you to do tonight. Ladies and gentlemen here tonight, <coughs> the devil wants to wear you out. The devil wants to grasp your attention. The devil wants to arrest your time and he wants to uh, get you in circling reasoning and, and making sure that you're following whatever it is that the headline is for today. Yeah. And as long as you stay in that rat race, you know what you can do? You can faint. Amen. You can faint. And uh, when you see the walls closing in around you, you can faint. All of a sudden your heart drops out and your stomach gets all in knots and everything else. And you know what will happen? You're going to faint. And he said, David says here, he says, I had fainted. You mean a great, strong, battle-trained warrior like David? Yeah, you don't say what he did. He almost fainted because of his enemies. As I said in my introductory statement, <coughs> the, the, the devil and, and the turmoil in the world is, is focused on you. And guess what? If you stay fearful and you stay uh, all hunkered down and all this, and if you just submit to that, that, that demonic force, you're giving him victory. Amen. You're not supposed to be that way. Listen, folks, the Bible says that you're supposed to uh, uh, make sure that you're amongst the Bible-believing crowd, and it says, much more as you see the day approaching. And listen, we need to not... Uh, we need to not Go ahead and, and tuck away and shy away and crouch down and hide behind whatever it is we hide behind because we're scared. <clears throat> In these last days, Jesus Christ needs some folks to stand up, get a backbone, get a little bit of grit and say, I don't care what happens, I'm going on for Jesus Christ. Amen. And the way that we don't faint in these last hours is the Bible says, I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. It's a funny thing because you know what the world says. They say, well, I got to see it in order to believe it, right? In the Bible, it takes the opposite approach, which is appropriate because if the world says one thing, the Bible is usually diametrically opposed to what the world is saying. And he says, I believed to see. 
Now, we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In order to believe something, you have to have faith in that thing which you're believing. And so, and so when we talk about this, I have to believe in order to see the goodness of God, in order for you and I to get a clear view of God's goodness tonight, we're going to have to, by faith, believe some things that are true. Because the things that cause us to be in turmoil and the things that cause us to be all riled up is usually things that are not rooted in truth. Amen. And he says, believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Uh, uh, Pastor read the verse this morning uh, in his, in his uh, opening verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so if you're walking by sight, if you're walking by what you see on the news, if you're walking by whatever podcast you listen to or whatever you know, alternative news source you listen to now, you know what you're doing? You're walking by sight. And you know what you're going to fail to see? The goodness of God. You know what you're going to be overburdened to see? The wickedness of this world. And what is it that we're supposed to think on? Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. And the list goes on. Let me ask you, is what you're seeing on a day-to-day basis any of those things? Then why do we spend our time thinking on those things? Because you know what happens when you fail to think on the right things? You know what you're going to do? You're going to fail to see the goodness of God. Amen. You're going to fail to see the goodness of God. You know, I'd, I'd like to say... Uh, God's goodness is evident if you look for it. It's going to take, it, it takes some meditation. It takes you believing some things in this book in order for you to see the goodness of God in your life. This book outlines God's character. This book outlines God's attributes. This book tells us who He is, what He is, how He thinks, and what He expects. And this book holds the key to our joy. This book holds the key to our faith. This book holds the key uh, to our conduct. This book holds the key to our interactions in this world. And I'd like to show you something tonight. You know what? I, I, I say this. You're gonna see, if you're going to see God's goodness, you're going to have to see it in a person. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, and go to Exodus chapter number 33. Exodus chapter number 33. I'd like to show you something here tonight. Maybe it'll be a little teachy here, this first thing, but I want to show you something that's a real blessing. Exodus chapter 33, Moses has, uh, has uh, been leading these children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, and <coughs> he's already gone up to uh, the mountaintop, got the Ten Commandments, and has come down and had the, the horrible um, uh, problem there with with Aaron and the people and everything else and probably quite discouraged. And after having a mountaintop experience going down there and finding everybody's in debauchery and wickedness and, and dancing around the, the fire naked and all the problems he's got to dealing with. And here in chapter number 33, uh, look with me, if you will, in verse number 18. Moses makes this request. He says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. That's a good request. 
And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand, while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Here's Moses, the great Moses, leading the children of Israel out of captivity underneath the hand of Pharaoh in Egypt, and brings them across the Red Sea, and sees the, the bitter waters of Mara turn sweet, and <coughs> finds himself getting direct instruction from the finger and the hand of God. And he comes down and, and he sees the, the people and debauchery. And then he comes to this place and he's discouraged. And he, and he says, listen, I need to know you're with me. Beseech you, show me thy glory. And God says, I'll show you my glory. But you can't see my face. Because no man can see his face and live. Take your Bibles uh, uh, and look in uh, chapter number 34 and uh, look in verse number 5. This is where God makes good on His promise to Moses. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord just like He said He would. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, uh, the Lord God merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in what? Goodness and truth. Now, if we take this and we look it through the eyes of the Apostle Paul over in Colossians chapter number 1, if you will, Colossians chapter number 1, I'd like for you to get this and maybe underline some of these things uh, in these, these uh, three verses I'm about to show you. Colossians chapter number 1, I'm sure many of you already know this, but man, is it good to, to hear it again. Verse number 14 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we know who's being talked about here. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And then look at what he says in verse 15. Who, that who is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that were in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, and in all things that He might have the preeminence. Amen. He's the image of that invisible God that Moses couldn't see. Second Corinthians chapter number four. I love this verse. Second Corinthians chapter number four. Look with me, if you will, in verse number five, the Bible says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. There's a position in the ministry. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. What did Moses request? Lord, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he says here that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
That means that there was a day in my life where I got to have a face-to-face meeting with Jesus Christ. And unlike what Moses was able to do, I was able to see God face-to-face one day. Amen. Amen. And there was a time in my life, listen, you want to see the goodness of God? You know what you're going to have to realize? Listen, when I saw Jesus Christ face-to-face, what more goodness could I ever need? When, I, when, I, when, he, when he came and found me in my debauchery and in my sin and in all of my mess that I was in, and he, he decided to come to me and reveal himself to me, and I was able to look into his eyes and I saw forgiveness of my sins. And I saw, and I saw a, a way that was better than my way. And I saw a future that I didn't ever see for myself before. When he was able to come in and in the light of his face, I was able to, to know that I could change And not be in my image, but I could be someday conformed to his image. Amen. You want to, hey, you want to believe to see the goodness of God? You know what you're going to have to do? Believe what that book just said. You've been able to see something Moses wished he could see. Amen. And I know right now we see through a glass darkly, but one day we're going to see him face to face. Amen. And I have that promise tonight. And that day I got saved, my eternity was sealed. My fate was sealed. I don't have to worry about nothing. Amen. God has been good to me if the only thing that I ever got from him was salvation. Amen. I couldn't imagine being some of them Old Testament saints and looking at these priests and knowing that that priest is the same sinful flesh as I am. Amen. Amen. And I'm sitting there looking at the sacrifices and I'm bringing my stuff and I'm thinking, well, I really hope he does it right. <laughs> you know, I really, I really hope he's, he's right with God when he goes in there behind the curtains and I can't do anything in there. I really hope everything's okay. Boy, I'm so glad I don't have to be like the the nation of Israel before they came out of Egypt and see the blood on the doorpost and saying, man, I hope, I hope that that's going to be enough. I I hope that we followed it the right way. I hope we put it on the lintel in the doorpost the way exactly it was supposed to be done. I hope that I didn't get, you know, like some honeysuckle instead of some hyssop. I hope I didn't mess it up. My salvation is not in what I have done or what I could do. I can't mess it up because I didn't do nothing to get it. Amen. Amen. And one day I came face to face with Jesus Christ. And I came face to face with the realization, I'm on my way to hell. And I'm in trouble. And guess what? (laughs) There ain't no amount of bad news that's worse than the news of I'm going to hell. And all of a sudden... The Lord comes down and he shows himself and he says, you know, you don't have to keep going down this road. I got something for you. I did something for you. Yeah, Lord, I don't, I'm not smart enough. That nah, doesn't matter. God, I don't have anything to give. My life is so dirty. I, 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 I could never come to you. I said, I don't care how dirty you are. I could care less. I've dealt with dirtier people than you. But Lord, you don't know what I... Yeah, actually, I kind of do because I know everything. I know like the end from the beginning. I'm actually... I dwell outside of eternity and I can see this little blip on the screen called time. I know it from the beginning all the way to the end and from the end of the beginning. So yeah, I know exactly what you've done. But Lord, I like to get a little bit better before... No, 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 no. That doesn't work because you don't have to be good to qualify. You got to be bad to qualify. <laughs> And if you're bad, you qualify. So just go ahead and accept the fact that you're bad. And guess what? You qualify. You have everlasting life. You know what? I see the goodness of God in my salvation. 
I see the goodness of God in the fact that he came to me. Because there was no one in my family that was going to tell me. I didn't go to a church that would tell me. You know what Jesus Christ did? He came to me. And he put things in my life and arranged things in my life to where I could see him face to face. And no, I've never seen him in the physical sense. But man, have I, had a, man, have I been introduced to the Savior. I'm honest with you tonight, folks. I've been introduced to Jesus Christ. He has changed my life. I am not the same person I was before I got saved. Thank the Lord. And it wasn't just when he forgave my sins. That person, Jesus Christ, he doesn't just clean me up. He keeps me clean. <laughs> Amen. Because he knew. Oh, I mean, think of the divine uh, uh, wisdom that he had to, he had to uh, make this plan of salvation. Not just that one time we meet him. But he says, I'm going to have to make this thing infallible and, and, and he can't lose it because I'm going to tell you something. He's going to mess it up. If he could mess it up, if I let him mess it up, he's going to mess it up. Amen. And there's been times in my life where I have messed up since I've been saved. I mean, horribly. There's been times I've looked at myself in the mirror and I say, you call yourself a Christian? You don't look nothing like a Christian. You ain't talking like a Christian. You ain't walking like a Christian. You ain't acting like a Christian. And you know what the Lord does? He cleans me up every single time. You know something? He's not dealt with me according to what my iniquities deserve tonight. Amen. He's let a lot of things go. Amen. He, he listened. He could have hit me so many times, but you know what he's done? He's refrained himself. And I can testify with David. His gentleness has brought me to where I am today. Amen. You say, what are you trying? I want to see the goodness of God. Yeah, I can see the goodness of God in my salvation. I can see the goodness of God in just him, his forgiveness. Amen. Continual. Never ceasing. Never runs out. Long suffering. Amen. You want to know something you find out? You start looking into goodness. You know what you find is associated with goodness? Mercy. <laughs> Mercy. Lord, I deserve but you didn't. And you spared me from what I should have got. I have not been disciplined like I should have been. I've been far worse to the Lord. I've treated him pretty bad. But he's merciful. You say you want to see the goodness of God tonight? You better, you better realize. You better take some things by faith. You want to know what's hard for a Christian to do? Uh, just, just allowing yourself to be forgiven. Just allowing yourself to know that, oh, I messed up and I can move on from that mess up. Amen. How come Christians have such a hard time with that? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, you know what? You fail to see the goodness of God if you don't take that verse and believe it. Amen. This book will tell you what to believe. And if you believe it, you know what, you'll, you know what you're going to do? You're going to see the goodness of God. And you know what that'll do? That'll help you not to faint. Amen. It'll help you not to faint. I see the goodness of God in a person. And you know what that is? That is the person 
of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not only that, there's a place that you see God's goodness. There's places in which you see God's goodness. You know what? I would say you see God's goodness and His provision for you. Isn't that really when we talk about, when we talk about you know, the goodness of God, we can, we can go to those things, and I don't want to undermine those things. Listen, uh, my needs and my wants have been supplied. I know that it's not just the carnal things. Listen, I understand that, but you can't, you can't ignore it. You and I, we're, we've been blessed with living in a place that we have a lot of those things at our disposal. And you know what? I want to make sure as long as I've got them, I'm thankful for them. I want to see that God, hey, Lord, you're good to me. Well, I got a house I can go to tonight. I got a bed I can sleep in tonight. I got, I got air conditioning and I got heating and I've got blankets and pillows and my kids got rooms and I got a car and I got all this stuff. Look, you do. God's been awfully good to us, folks. Sometimes, do you ever, do you ever just get overwhelmed how good he's been? You ever just take the time and just say, Lord, you told me that. Listen, you told me you would supply all my need according to your riches and glory. But God, you provided so much more than that. I think of my brothers and sisters in Christ that don't have the things I have. He doesn't love them any less. So you know what? I want to make sure I'm thankful. I want to make sure I'm not selfish I want to make sure that I'm liberal with my giving. I want to make sure that because of the things that God has blessed me with in the carnal, He knows He can trust me with those things. Do you ever consider that? I know that nobody in here tonight, I'm looking around, nobody in here tonight's homeless. Amen. None of you are. Every one of you have a place to lay your head tonight. You know what? You may not have as much as you'd like, Some of you in here may not have as much as you need right now. But you've got some money. You've got, hey, listen, if you needed to go to the store tonight and buy you a cheeseburger, you could do it. And if you can't, come get, I'll buy you a cheeseburger. If you don't have enough money for a cheeseburger, I'll go buy you one tonight, okay? But listen, if God has blessed me in those things, to whom much is given, much is required, I want to make sure that when I see God's goodness in my life, I don't want to take it all for myself. I don't want to be like that fool that said, oh, look at how increased I've been with goods. Better tear down these barns and build bigger barns because next year's going to be a, a year of plenty too. And he says, thou fool. Thou fool. Tonight, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Listen, if there's one thing that we can take away from some of the stuff that we've been through in the last two years, is teach us to number our days, oh God. (laughs) Teach us to walk day by day. Amen, moment by moment. Listen, you live in a place where you can look around and and you can see God's goodness and His provision all over the place. And it's not just in monetary. It's not just in, 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 in substance. I mean, God's provided me with a family. God, listen, God's provided me with a great church. God's provided me with a great church family, a great pastor that believes the Bible. Listen, God's provided me with a support around me to help me grow. That's the goodness of God, folks. How often we, listen, how selfish 
can we be to be so blessed and neglect the things that got us to be so blessed? I told the, 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 uh, the teens this morning, there's a, there's a way, there's a way to, to figure out if what you're doing is right. If Jesus Christ, if you were Jesus Christ, would he do that? <laughs> right? Listen, if God was so good, you don't want to know what I know, what's going on right now, and I'm sure Brother Ben and, and, and uh, Brother Rue and those guys that are, that are fleeing, those other missionaries that are fleeing Ukraine right now, you know what they wish they had tonight? A place like this to come to. Bet you they wish, I bet you they wish they had what you have tonight. But you know what the truth is? There's some Christians that could be here tonight and they're not. God's been so good to you. God's been so good to you. He's been so good to me. I don't want to take it for granted. I see God's goodness in His provision, but listen, do you remember what we read in the first part of Psalms chapter 27? He's talking about His enemies. He's talking about being compassed about. He's talking about war coming up. Can I tell you this? In order for you to see the goodness of God, sometimes it's not just in the provision because listen, if all you do is fall in love with the provision, you'll take for granted the provision because you never fell in love with the one providing it. Amen? You'll never fall. You'll, you, you'll always take for granted the provision if you don't fall in love with the one that provided it for you. Haven't you seen that in the feeding of the 5,000 and the multitudes that followed Jesus Christ afterwards? The Bible tells you clearly that the reason they were there is because, because of the loaves. And Jesus Christ got to the point where he says, I'm not even worried. About it. Why are you here? Go away. You can't just follow me for the provision. Because guess what? When the provision stops, then you go away. Then you go away. You want to know when you see the goodness of God? Sometimes it's right smack dab in the middle of problems in your life. Because without problems, sometimes we fail to see just how good God can be. Because if everything's always good all the time, if there's never any of those stressful moments or those times of absolute distress, we fail to see the goodness of God in our life. To the magnitude in which God, God does that to show you, hey, I can do a whole lot more than make sure your lights stay on. I am capable of a whole lot more than making sure that you have a house to go to. I am capable of a lot more than providing you with monetary, fleshly, carnal things. I'm able, to, I'm able to get you out of some horrible situations that have no solution. Listen, I'm able to turn the hearts of people whose hearts are cold. I, I'm, I'm able to do things that you think are impossible. You consider in Matthew chapter 8, those disciples are out on the sea with Jesus Christ and that storm rises up and that boat is rocking to and fro and that thing, can you imagine the waves and however high the surf was in that time? And, and uh, uh, I, like I said, I'm not going to act like I'm a sailor and pastor could talk about this, but usually if the, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't go through waves straight on because then what happens is, is the weight of the ship gets put on one point and it can snap in half. 
So what you have to do is you have to go through it sideways so that you can ride up and go back down and ride up. And what will happen is, is those waves sometimes, they can come and crash down on top of the ship. And if you read the account in the book of Mark, you know what the Bible says? Uh, the Bible says that the waves crashed on top of the ship. And you know what you, or excuse me, that was in Matthew. And then what you find in the book of Mark is the Bible says that the boat was filling with water. And then when you read the account in Luke, you know what it tells us? It says plain as day that they were in jeopardy. Peter was an experienced fisherman. He had been on those seas, no problem. Listen, he'd been, he was born and raised on boats and ships out in the middle of those seas. He had encountered storms before. And for Peter to be like, Lord, we're going to die. He kind of knew what he was talking about. But where was Jesus Christ? He's in the hole of the ship on a pillow, sleeping. No problem here. No problem here. I can just see, I can just see the disciples. You know what, you know what Peter did? Because he, I mean, he was an experienced fisherman. You know what he did? Here's Jesus Christ asleep in the boat, right? He's in the boat with them. With the, with the word that he gave them, we're going over to the other side. And and as the, as the winds start to blow and the rain started to fall and the, and the surf started to get high, he started telling all these guys, you go do this and you go over here and make sure you're rowing over there and make sure the sail's here. Make sure, you know, you're over here you know, taking water and you're, and you're making sure that the water stays out of the boat as best you can. And he's got all these disciples doing everything. And Peter's just orchestrating this whole thing. I can see it with his big mouth. The whole time Jesus is sleeping in the bottom of the ship. And then when it finally gets to the place where Peter has exhausted every bit of his knowledge of what to do and how to save them from the situation that they're in, he finally resorts to going down in a, in a panic when everything is, is hopelessly lost and they are in legitimate jeopardy and the boat is filled with water and they are going down. He enters the bottom of the ship and Jesus is still sleeping and he wakes him up. Just, to, just for him to realize that all Jesus had to do was come out and say, peace be still. Peace be still. And then they stand in awe and say, who is this man that the winds and the seas obey him? What manner of man is this? Hey, listen, you know what I'm telling you tonight? I see the goodness of God, not just in the, time, in, the, in the easy times he's provided for me, but in the times where I was like, God, I'm going down. <laughs> There's no remedy to this problem. I have exhausted every bit of, of, of resources. I've, I've done everything that I can possibly do. I can't pray anymore. I can't do anymore. I've done everything that I can possibly do. And the Lord steps out and just says, peace be still. I can take care of that. Isn't God good to us? God's awfully good to us. In the midst of our problems, in the midst of our turmoils, you know what we find? The goodness of God. The goodness of God. When we finally take our eyes off of the circumstance and realize, you know what? I probably could have woke him up a little sooner. Amen. <laughs> 
I probably, I probably could have woke him up a little sooner when I realized maybe I'm not as smart as what I thought I was. Maybe I'm not as uh, uh, capable as I thought I was. And if I've got Jesus in the boat with me, why am I not utilizing him? And I look back and I can look through some of the hard times in my life and I've had them. And you have too. And you look back and, in, and you know what? You say, I don't even know. I, I, thought, I thought my world was over. And you remember when Jesus Christ came out and said, peace be still. And you're like, I don't even know how God did that. I can't, even, I can't even fathom how God did that. You know, when I look back through my life and I can see the goodness of God. I can see his hand. I can see him working. His providence when I didn't even think he was there, but he was actually there. And I was never in real danger. I just thought I was. Because he was with me. Folks, we need to see the goodness of God tonight. He's got us through some things. He's got, hey, listen, he's got our forefathers through some things. I, I've not yet faced, I've not resisted unto blood tonight. I haven't. I know some of my brethren have. Some of you in here, you got problems tonight. Some of you, your fear grips you. This stuff really bothers you. You got heartache. And maybe it's not even the news media stuff. Maybe there's some stuff that you're legitimately going through tonight. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to see the goodness of God in that thing. Because you know what I think about? And, 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 I, and I, got it, I got a clearer glimpse once I had kids. And you know what? I love my kids more than life. I love my children. And I know that I can't love my kids like God loves me. That's impossible. I can't. And I, and I just know the joy. And I know that when I look at them, I don't wish any ill on them. And I have their best interests in mind. And I ha listen, I, don't, I, I try to protect them the most that I can, but still allow them to grow with mistakes in which they make. Listen, I, I, I want the best for them. And if that's how I feel, how much more does God feel about that for me? God's not been bad to you. Because He does all things well tonight. He's never been late. He's always right on time. Amen? And I'd like to get here tonight to show you something. The goodness of God, it produces something in us. And if we fail to see it, as we were instructed in our text, we will faint. But if we can believe, and if we can take the Scripture and let that be our lens to our life, and we can see our life and we can see where we're at in time through the lens of the Bible and believe the Bible, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, like David told us. And if we can do that, it'll produce some things in our lives that we desperately need in today's day. You know what else it'll, you know what it'll produce? It'll produce rejoicing. It'll produce rejoicing. Pastor preached on it just a little while ago, Psalms chapter 107, multiple times. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works towards the children of men. 
Listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength tonight. If you would get a grip on you, just take a minute to take the word of God and focus it in on your life. You see the goodness of God and that should cause you to rejoice. That should cause you to bubble up. That should cause, listen, I was, this morning, I was, man, I'll be honest with you. I was on little cloud nine this morning. I was having a good time. God's done some things for me recently. I'm just super happy about, and uh, God has, God has uh, really answered some prayers in my life, and I'm so happy about it. But those, man, they were singing that stuff this morning, and it's like with every line of the song, it just bubbles up a little higher, and then the next line comes out, and it bubbles up a little higher. And then it's just like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I need that. I need, I need that kind of emotion in my life. <laughs> I, listen, listen, if you could replace the fear and the doubt and uh, the, the, uh, the, the discontentment and you, could, and you could replace all of the, the callousness that we have and we could replace that with joy... We would be rejoicing. When you see the goodness of God, it will produce rejoicing in your life. It's just a byproduct, byproduct of it. It's just the way it is. But not only that, it will, it will produce, it will cause you to reciprocate goodness to other people. It's important to understand that in Galatians chapter 5, he gives you nine fruits of the Spirit. And guess what one of those fruits just happened to be? Goodness. And that means that if goodness personified is the Lord Jesus Christ, and that that goodness can be seen throughout my life, if I focus on that goodness, if I can see that goodness, then that means that will then produce the fruits of the Spirit in my life. And one of those fruits is goodness in me, and that means I'll be good to other people. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ, virtue passed through him. When was the last time you looked to just be good to somebody else? I came, I came to this the other day. I was thinking the other day I was meditating on some things, and <clears throat> listen... With the time that we have left, whatever it may be, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'd love for the Lord to come back just as soon as anybody else would. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. <clears throat> but I, I also don't want to be one of those folks that tries to hide under a rock until the Lord comes back. Because what's the difference between that than the guy that got one talent and hid it under you know, his bed until the Lord came back? Amen. What's the difference? Oh, I just hope he comes back before. Before what? You're going to tuck tail and hide? He said, I saw it for a man to stand in the gap. You can't hide in the gap when you're hiding. You can't stand in the gap if you're hiding. So you need to get some backbone. You need to be like, okay, well, hey, as long as the Lord's, as long as the Lord's not back, we're doing, we, we got the course. We know exactly what we're supposed to be doing, and that's what we're going to do. And you know what? I look at my life. I look at the landscape of the past. I look at God and his hand on me, and I have the promises, and I have, all the, I have the word of God that tells me uh, all those things, and I know this, that God's been good to me. How come I can't be good to some other folks? Listen, we don't have enough time. This world is hard to survive in. 
This world is hard to survive in. The pressure you have on you today is not like it was 50 years ago. It's different now. Now, men haven't changed. But the demonic pressure for you to get out is heavier today than it's ever been. And with, that, and with knowing that, and with knowing that the time is winding down, man, I, I don't have time to push people away. Listen, I'm an Italian from upstate New York. I can criticize with the best of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, if you want, you want to nitpick, I can nitpick, man. I can criticize you. I can wear you down. I can find every flaw in you, even you with your perfect hair. <laughs> Amen. I can find flaw with anybody. And I can exploit that flaw, and I can push them away. I can criticize. I can tell people, oh, well, this is why this is happening. This is this, and this is this. I can do that. But you want, how come it's so much harder? How, much, so much, how come it's so much easier to criticize than to encourage? Do you ever think about that? Why is it so much easier to criticize somebody than to encourage somebody? Because we're wicked. And in our nature, if we don't see God's hand in our life, if we don't see that, listen, for all the things that God forgave me, the Bible tells you he forgave it in the person of Jesus Christ. If I can't see through that lens, man, I can criticize, boy. But if I can get the goodness of God in my eyes and I can see myself through that lens, now I can encourage. Because it's like, okay, brother, you're down. Get back up. Come on. Come on. Just, just get up. Let's go. Keep, let's go. Come on. I know it's hard. I know you tripped up. I know you slipped. I know you fell. Okay, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, your ankles hurt. Just wrap around my shoulder. We'll take a few steps together. Amen. I don't want to see anybody get out. We got to get through this thing together. And goodness, if you see it in your life, guess what? You'll reciprocate it to other people. And we, and we won't be so quick to criticize, but we'll be quick to encourage one another. And that's what we should be. That's what we should be. And finally, I'll say this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 2, <clears throat> that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Amen? You say, what does that mean? That means if I could believe to see, like David told me to, and I see the goodness of God in my life, that means as I look back over the years and I count the milestones one by one, and I see the victories, and I see the battles, and I see the highs, and I see the lows, and I see His hand, and I see His goodness. And I see where I could have been. I see where He brought me from. And I get overwhelmed with just how good God's been to me. Then the Bible tells me as I meditate on that fact, a thought can enter into my mind when I consider how good God's been to me. I can then compare, I haven't been that good to him. 
And I've made decisions that hurt him. And I've been ashamed of him. And I'm allowing things in my life that's hindering my relationship with him. And if I can believe to see the goodness of God in my life, I know at some point, if I'm honest with myself before God, I say, Lord, you've been so good to me. I I just want to be good back. I'm sorry. You know, I've been living a little loose. I've been, Lord, I, I haven't been as sincere as I should be. God, I've been cold. God, I, I, I've not been where I'm supposed to be. I'm not where I should be. I'm not where I want to be. And the Bible says that if we see the goodness of God, you know what it'll do? It'll lead us to repent. I don't have to get up and name every sin and try to make you feel bad. You know what I can do tonight? I can magnify the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ. And you would you consider for a moment, just tonight, look back through your life. And acknowledge how good God's been to you. How good have you been to Him? How good? Let me ask you, that thing that you don't want to get right, that that bitterness that you have, that relationship you don't want to repair, all those things. Let me ask you. Do you owe it to him? Has he been good? Maybe he hasn't been very good to you. Well, then you take the bitterness and you keep it. You take whatever it is that you got stuck and, and you're all jacked up about or whatever it is you're struggling with. Go ahead and take that then. If God hasn't been good to you, then you take that thing and you hold on to it. But if you're honest tonight and you're breathing and you consider all the ways we see the goodness of God, Has he been good to you? Now let me ask you, how good have you been to him? We got revival coming up. I ain't waiting until revival. God's been too good for me to go another day. God's been too good. Listen, he's been where I needed him to be right when he needed to be there. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I don't want to be ashamed of it anymore. He's been too good to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to neglect spiritual things in my life. He's been too good to me. Listen, I, I, don't, want to, I, don't, want to hide, I don't want to hide my light under a bushel anymore. Why? Because he's just been too good to me. He's been too good to me. I don't want my heart to be cold because he's been just too good to me. So let me ask you tonight, I'll ask you again, how good has God been to you? Can you see the goodness of God? If you don't, the Bible says you're going to faint. But if you can believe to see it, and you can take the truth of the Word of God, and you can look through the history of your life, you know what that'll do? Boy, that'll cause a heart of rejoicing to bubble up inside of you. That'll cause you to look at people differently. Amen? You'll become an encourager rather than a criticizer. And more importantly tonight, you know what it'll do? It'll cause you to maybe hit an altar and say, God, 
I want to get some stuff straight because you know what? When I think back about how good you've been to me, I just want to reciprocate a little bit of that to you. You deserve my undivided attention. You deserve my worship. You deserve my time. Everything I have, Father, because you've just been too good to me. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight. I want to thank you for allowing us to be in church. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for just being so good to us. God, I can't even, I can't even put it into words, Father. I, it'd be like trying to hug a mountain. Lord, I can't do it. Father, just uh, I stand in awe of you tonight. I pray, Father, that you'd help us all to take these words of encouragement from David. And Father, help us to believe, to see the goodness of God in our life. And I pray, Father, that you, that you would please help us to be a joyous, happy people, not wound up with the cares of this world. Because, Father, you are in this ship with us, and we are going to the other side. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us here in these last days till you come back. I pray you'd bless our church, the ministries of our church, bless our pastor, and bless these that are here tonight. I pray you bless this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.